We praise him because of what he does, but we worship him because of who he is. Amen? He's worthy. Worship is worthyship. He is worthy of the worship, worthy of the praise, worthy of the service, worthy of the honor because of who he is. Glory to God. Because of who he is, he's worthy. We worship you, Lord, because of who you are. If he stopped doing stuff for you, he's still worthy of all the worship. Those Hebrew brothers, those young men, they said, Oh, king, <laughs> we're, not gonna, we're not careful how to answer you. You know, our God is able to deliver us from the furnace. And if he doesn't, we still won't bow down to your idol. Amen. That was their attitude. Because God is worthy. Amen. Yes, he is. He's Jesus is worthy. Yes, he is. Yes, he is, Jesus. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's give this worthy Jesus a praise, everybody. Yea, Lord, you're worthy of all the honor and the glory, the praise, the majesty. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. You alone are worthy. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You all by yourself. We thank God. We thank God. We thank God. Glory to God. We're so grateful today. We want to take a look in the Word of God at the, um, the epistle to the Colossians. Amen. Colossians chapter 1. We talked, we talked a little bit about it last week. We want to go over it this week. Amen. I'm going to read a little bit to you, the first few verses. Um, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. Apostle, the word apostle means one who is sent. That's what it means. It's like an ambassador. You know, he is sent. Paul is sent, when, when Jesus sent the, the, the 12 out and gave them authority to do things, and they came back, in the book of Mark, instead of calling them disciples, it called them apostles when they got back, because they were sent, okay? And Timothy, our brother, this is written from prison. We believe this is written from prison, and it's written around the same time he wrote the book of Ephesians, the letter to the Ephesus, Right? To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a, a map of Turkey and show you where Colossae is. Amen. Um, or what they call Asia Minor. 
what we call Turkey today. Amen. And Colossae is, oh, it's, it's hard to see. It's almost in the middle where that red dot is on the map. Okay. And right near it is Laodicea, one of the books in, um, in Revelations. The one that, remember what was interesting about Laodicea? How were they characterized in the book? As lukewarm. Lord Jesus. As lukewarm. Okay? And that's where Colossae is. Right? And it says, and here's a regular greeting that Paul would give to many of the um, letters that he says, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. See, remember, I told you before that in the Old Testament, God is identified with the patriarchs. The God and Father of our fathers, Abraham, I, it doesn't say God and Father. It says the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of our fathers, right? In the New Testament and today and from right now on, he's identified in Jesus Christ. All right? God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? And that's how he's identified. Right? So it's, it's, it just makes sense that you need Christ to have the Father. You need Christ to have the Father. And that's part of the issue here in the book of Colossians, the people of Colossae, the saints here. You got to remember, the saints did not have a Bible like you have. We have scripture. We have Old Testament, New Testament. We have 66 books. We have uh, different commentaries, and we have um, different translations and languages and stuff. We have the written word. Jesus said, my word is spirit and life, right? These folks did not have the written word as you have it. They had, they had letters from the apostles, and they had the Old Testament scripture, and they had an oral tradition where the stuff was passed down. And like the letter that we read here, it was read to one group, and then it was passed to another group, and read, passed around, and read to different ones. And that's the scripture that they had. That was the scripture of the day. They had the one thing that all the apostles and all the writers in the New Testament said, the same thing. They said that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Right? They said that he died for our sins, and they said that he was risen again on the third day, and they said that he's coming back. So whether it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, James, Paul, Peter, whoever it is, you're going to get the same gospel message. Amen? Amen? Get the same gospel message. But despite that, there's heresies in the church. And that's the purpose of this letter, is to deal with some of the heresies. Heresies is false teaching. Amen? What, what you have, orthodox means the right way. So orth, if it's orthodox, it's the right way. And of course, now, what's orthodox here may not be orthodox in the, next, the one down the street. Okay? Uh, but we're going to go by what the Bible says. But the heresies are false teaching. And there's a lot of influence, even from the very beginning, from the book of Acts, from the second chapter of Acts, there's been stuff trying to influence the gospel, trying to infiltrate the gospel, trying to water it down or add to it. You have the, you have the, the Judaizers. The Judaizers were the believers that believed that the Gentiles need to be circumcised and follow the law. Amen. Now, of course, Peter and Paul testified that we couldn't keep the law. Why should they try to keep it? 
okay? They were the Judaizers. They were Gnostics. Gnostics said, Gnostics means to know you had to have a special knowledge, a special enlightenment. Uh-huh. You had to get deep. You had to be real deep. You had to, you had to earn, you had to get the special knowledge to be saved. And then there were those folks who want to use astrology, astronomy, right? You know, um, you know the 12 signs of the zodiac and that kind of stuff? You know, I, I had a track coach and a gym teacher who was into this thing. And in health class, we learned, the, we did all the signs. We did the, the rising sign and the other thing and the stuff and stuff, right? We, did it, we learned all that stuff in health class. Uh-huh. This guy, he coached us according to our sign. He did. He was a good coach, too. He coached, of course, you can run past him, he'll tell you what sign you was. <laughs> now that's a little bit too deep. I'm kidding you, I, I'm not making this up. I'm really, I'm not making this up. I don't think they would allow that today in school. Because that's too close to religion. Or because it's not Jesus, they might allow it. They might, they probably call it, they'll call it science. Anyhow. But you got, you got folks who say you, you, they're looking at signs and stuff and things like that. And then you had these people that said that we're not worthy to approach God. So you had to have mediators. You had to pray to the, to the angels and the saints. What that sound like, huh? You know, because you can't approach God. You're not worthy to, and we're not worthy. Actually, we're not. But because of Jesus Christ, the mediator between God and man, we go boldly to the throne of grace and we receive forgiveness of sins for our unworthy self and grace to help us. And so they, they were, all these things in the church and all these things are appointed that, saying that, that Jesus is not enough. So Paul has to write these people. He has to write them from prison, of course, because he's in prison because he preached the gospel. And the, and the authorities don't go for it, and so they lock him up. Okay? He did a lot of time in prison. Amen? Amen. All right, let's, let's continue reading. And so here we go. We, verse 3, we give thanks to God and Father our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. He always prays for everybody always. All right? Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love which you have for all saints. This is very significant, y'all, because the love for the saints is a sign that you are a believer. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. There, you can't, it's, I'll see how you could do it, how you could be a Christian brother, sister, and not love the saints. Now, church folk get on your nerves. Church folk will bother you, Right? But how can you not love them? That's like not, that's like not loving your blood relative, your immediate family. Well, some people don't. But, you know, but that's, that's how wrong it is seen. That's how wrong it is, right? And so a major sign is the love. And Paul recognizes the love that they have for each other and for the saints, not just for the ones who are present with them, but the love that they have for the saints in Jerusalem, the love for they have the saints somewhere else, somewhere, somewhere else. Right? The love that you have for people who are not here with you right now, 
they're in other places and you love them anyhow, right? And the love that you have for the folks you haven't even really met yet. But you, you feel something for them, right? And you know how you do. You know how you run into people, you go to the store, you go places, and you run, you recognize folks or you don't recognize them, and there's something familiar about the stranger. Right? You find out that he or she is a Christian. All right? Because you, you kind of get a connection. I'm not talking about you people who flirt. I'm not talking about none of that. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the kind of, you know, the, the, the sense that you have that, that you know this one, you seem familiar. You know, have we met before? You know, and you find out they, they go to church, they're a Christian man, woman, child sometimes. Amen? So the love that you have, the love that the saints have. And Paul hears about the love, right? And for, for verse 5, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye've heard before in the word of truth of the gospel. Now Paul is writing this letter so he can correct some bad stuff that's going on. But he always starts off positive. Even when he wrote to folks at Corinth, and they had a lot of stuff going on, it started off like this. You know, and, and, and Ephesus and different ones. You know, I heard of your saints. I heard your faith. You know, you, you're living by faith. I heard the love that you have and the things that you're doing and the works and the stuff like that. You know, even Jesus in the seven churches in the, in the seven churches in Revelation, he talks, about your, he talks about their faith, right? Before he corrects them and rebukes them, <laughs> he talks about their faith and the things that they did, you know, which is a good, it's a good tactic to have, you know, be positive first. Then go in on them. You know, when you got to make corrections and stuff. Amen? Amen. All right? And so that's what they do. That's what Paul does. And that's what's going on here. And so he talks about their love. You know, and talks about the faith that they have. And how they heard the gospel, the word of the truth. The truth of the gospel. Which has come unto you as it has in all the world. And brings forth fruit. <clears throat> as it does also in you since the day ye heard it and knew the grace of God in truth. The grace of God in truth. Now, see, the grace of God in truth, the grace is the favor that we have, the gifting and the favor and the stuff that we have not achieved on our own. The truth is we're unworthy. The truth is we're born in sin. The truth is we're natural born sinners. The truth is we cannot do anything good enough to please God. Amen. Truth is all our efforts are not enough. And our righteousness is as filthy rags. Right? And there's nothing we can do to achieve the righteousness that's in Christ Jesus. Amen. Only thing we have is the mercy of God and his truth. Right? The grace that he has and the gifting the gifting that we have, it says in Ephesians, by grace are you saved. Right? Right? It's not your religion. And your religion doesn't make you more saved than the next person. Okay? It's not the legalism. It's not the rules that you live by, the do's and the don'ts and stuff like that. It's only by the grace of God. Amen? And it's a gift, a gift of grace that he's given us. All right, and so we see here the grace and, and the truth and the fruit. The fruit is your righteous conduct and behavior. Your righteous living is the fruit. Okay, you know people by their fruit. 
in Proverbs it says, even a child is known by his ways, by his doing. Okay? Whether they're right or wrong, we know people by their behavior. We, we, we recognize the behavior of the folks, and we recognize their, that's their fruit. Amen? So look what it says here. And it talks about how the, how the word of God came to them, right? How they heard it, and they knew it, and they knew it was true. Also, ye, and ye also learn how Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who hath declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Epaphras is the one that evangelized that area. Paul did not go to Colossae yet. He didn't get there. But his disciple, one of the saints that worked with him, went. Okay? And he's the one that brought the gospel to that area. Colossae wasn't a big-time city, right? Um, but it doesn't matter. They need to be saved. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so Epaphras was the fellow worker of Paul who went there and witnessed unto them and established the church and things set things up. Amen? Amen? Amen. Now, it's possible that he's back visiting Paul or he's in prison with Paul, either way, right? And he's, he's telling Paul what's going on. He's reporting to Paul the stuff that's going on in Colossae and the challenges that they have and the heresies that's going on and the stuff that's being taught along with the word of God. All right? But he also tells them the good stuff too. All right? So Paul said, I'm getting this information from our brother, your minister. Okay? I'm getting this information from him. Okay? And so here's what he says here. And he talks about him who has declared unto us your love in the spirit, your love that you have, the love that you have for Christ, the love that you have for each other, the love that you have for us, whom you haven't even met. Okay? So that's what's going on here. So, so the letter starts off like that and starts off very positive, and, and later on he's going to start correcting some things. But right now we're being positive. Right now we're, 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 um, we're acknowledging good stuff, and right now we're giving you praise and we're honoring you for your service and for your faith. And people of faith should be honored for their faith. No matter what your struggle is, we honor you for your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. For by grace are you saved through faith, right? Amen. And we thank God that you believe God. Amen. Amen. And you may struggle in this area and you may have a conflict over here and you may have this going on, some infirmity and stuff, but you have faith. You have faith, and we honor you for your faith. Amen? Amen. And we have, and today, you know, we have tens of thousands of denominations and different things that, that church folk disagree on, but we agree on Jesus. All right? We agree on Jesus, and we honor you for that. So when you meet people and you go different places and you come across some folk and they feel this way about that and they feel some way about this, how do they feel about Jesus? Is Jesus Lord or not? Amen? And if Jesus is Lord, we, can, we, can, we, we got something we can't agree on. All right? You want to you wanna do baptism this way, and you want to honor this, and you want to do that, and the thing and stuff, and I want to do this. You know, those, those things are minor. Well, do, we, do we have faith in Jesus Christ or not? 
And that's what Paul's going to get to. Is Jesus enough? Or do you need to add something to it? Huh? That's the thing. All right, let's read it. We read this last week. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, always praying, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Remember, I told you about the Gnostics. The Gnostics said you had to have special enlightenment, special knowledge. What we're talking about here, that when Paul's talking about the knowledge of God, this is available to everybody. Everybody could get to know him. Right? Everybody, all the saints, all the believers could get to know God and we get to know him on a one-to-one basis and personal, and you don't have to be special. You don't have to have an anointing to know God. You don't have to have a special enlightenment. You don't have to have, a, a, you don't have, it's not something to be obtained, right? It's something that the Lord makes available to all the saints to know him. To know him in the word, to know him in prayer to know him in the daily walk of your life, right? No, you don't, you don't have to be the pastor or the bishop to know God. Right? You don't have to be the priest. You don't have to be the prophet. And you don't need those people to know him. Hear what I'm saying? You don't need all those offices to know him. The different offices and the gifts and the so-called five-fold ministry is for the edification. It's for your edification, but you don't need them to know him. You can know him on your own. Amen. Amen. He wants you to have a personal relationship with him and be in fellowship with him, right? You don't have to wait till Sunday to pray. You don't have to wait for your minister to show up, for you to have prayer, for you to talk to the Lord, for you to get what you need from God. All right? You know through your experience and through your love and through the things you go through, right? And through the suffering. Oh, somebody said that I might know him in in the, he said, in the fellowship of his suffering. That's the part we don't want to know. Suffering, I don't want to suffer. Yeah, but guess what? That's what happens. We know through suffering. Remember, the, the original readers of these stuff is being, uh, suffers under persecution. There's conflict. There's stuff going on. Besides the persecution and the falsehoods that are creeping in the church, there's persecution outside the church. And the stuff creeping in the church is more, is more dangerous than the persecution outside. Because the persecution outside the church just spreads it. But when you get these wolves and sheep's clothing that Paul talks about in the book of Acts and you get these, sneak, you get these snakes and you get these um, false teachers who infiltrate right and talk to people one on one they sit next to you and say you know they do like the serpent did in the wilderness did God really say that uh huh that's more dangerous than the guy persecuting you from the outside and that's what we're working with here all right and so the, so the deal is that Paul talked about you, you need to have wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what to do with the knowledge that you have. 
you have some knowledge, right? You got some information. What do I do with the information? That's where the wisdom comes in, okay? I know I have some information. I have some knowledge. I'm going to use this information the right way. That's being wise, okay? You know, when, knowing when to speak, knowing when to be quiet, that's wisdom, okay? Stuff like that. Right? I got the stuff. I got the goods. What am I going to do with it? You can have all the information you want. You can have knowledge. You can be filled with knowledge. You can be a college professor full of knowledge and, and don't have a lick of wisdom. Uh huh. You can act a fool. That's what my mama used to say. Foolishness. You're right? And um, the King James word is brutus. A brutus man. That's another word for stupid, but we don't call people stupid. Even though that's what they are. We don't use that word. Amen? Amen. And foolishness, right? You know, foolishness bound in the heart of a child, the Bible says, when the rod of correction will drive it far from them. Oh, drive it out. Drive out that foolishness. Teach wisdom, discipline. Okay, and so our conduct is what makes us wise. You can have all kinds of wise words. Because if you read, you get some wise words. And you can say some wise stuff. You can even get wise counsel and still act like a fool. So, so, but Paul, the Holy Spirit, wants us to be wise. We want to have wisdom. Okay, and so it says here that we can have this wisdom, knowledge in his knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We talked about this last time. Spiritual understanding. See, there's natural understanding, there's spiritual understanding. All right? And just because you got it going on in the natural don't mean you have it going on in the spirit. Okay? There's natural understanding. Natural understanding, you know, like the, the sciences and things like that, you understand those things, right? You understand that if I jump off this thing, gravity's going to pull me down to the um, floor. Uh-huh. If I jump high, I'm still going to come down to the floor because gravity does not play. Right? Yeah, we're all subject to it, you know? Okay, that's, that's natural understanding. Natural understanding is that everybody has gravity. That's a natural thing. You know, and you don't recognize that you have gravity because you're on the earth, and the earth is so big that the earth's gravity overweighs your gravity. Uh-huh. That's natural stuff. The moon has gravity. The moon's a little thing compared to the earth. But the moon stays in orbit be because the Lord put it there. But it stays in orbit because the gravity of the earth keeps got a pull on it. So you go around and around, the gravity's still holding on to that moon, right? And the earth goes around the sun, because why? Because the gravity of the sun is pulling on the earth, and so it's not going to get away. Right? That's, that's natural understanding. But the spiritual understanding is that God created all this stuff, and he, fixed, he put it up there, he made it the way it works. Uh-huh. And I don't understand the science, but I know that God did it. And I know that God said, let there be light before there was a sun. How that happened? Then what's the source of the light? He said, let there be light before he created the sun. So his word is the source of the light. So that, that's the spiritual part that we understand, right? Okay, there's natural stuff and there's spiritual stuff. And we need to understand things spiritually as well as naturally. 
We need to understand. We need to have spiritual understanding of what's going on. We have these folks shooting up people around here. In the natural, we think they're crazy. Right? They have issues. Psychological, they need help. They need some kind of help, right? In the spirit, we know it's a spirit. We know it's a spirit. It's a deadly spirit. It's of the devil. And these people are doing things because they're moved by the devil to do certain things. So we have the natural understanding of what's going on, and we have the spiritual understanding of what's going on. We have to do the same thing in the Word. We read the Word, and the Word is spirit and life. And we have to take the Word of God with faith to understand it. I, 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 can, I can't get it just in the natural. Right? If I use the natural mind, the natural understanding, it's not enough for me to understand what the Bible says and talks about Jesus and things like that. Because when it talks about um, the Trinity and there's, uh, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, that sounds like three people to me. But you tell me there's only one God. But you said the Father's God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God. Why is that not three gods? Because there's only one God. In the natural, I don't get it. But by faith, I understand it's a mystery. And in the spirit, I understand there's only one God. And the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily in Jesus. Well, whom did Jesus pray to? He prayed to the Father. That sounds like two people to me. In the natural, that sounds like two, right? But yet there's only one God. All right? So I have to take it by faith. I believe it by faith. Amen. And that's why I don't struggle with it. Amen. And I don't struggle with half the stuff I don't understand. Because so I'm going to get it eventually. I'm going to get it eventually. I said, Lord, I'm reading this thing here, and I, I, I picked up the other translation to see how it read there, and I don't get it. But I'm going to get it eventually. Right? Even if I don't get it till I get to heaven. Because I'm going, to be, I'm going to know him like I'm known. Right? I understand the Bible says that it does not yet appear what we shall be. But when we see him, we're going to be just like him. However he is, that's what I'm going to be. David said, David said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Right? I mean, sure enough, goodness and mercy follows me. It means it pursues me and overtakes me. Then, when my life is over, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It doesn't mean I'm going to stay in the church forever. Nobody wants that. Well, not, not most of us don't want that. Right? It means I'm going to be, in, I'm going to be with the Lord forever in his house, wherever that is. Amen. So there's a natural thing and there's a spiritual thing. We need spiritual understanding and we need to get it by faith. We need to ask the Lord to help us understand his word. Lord, I believe your word. I am compliant reader of your word. I read the word so I can comply with it, so I can obey it, so I can understand and do what it says. That's how I read the word and I need to do it by faith so I can do this thing. Now, I went to school, I told y'all before, I went to school with these people, and there were different kind of readers of the word. And we're all a little biased, and we read it to get what we want out of it. The feminists read it one way, 
the, the one who wants to deconstruct the word reads it another way. He, wants to, he or she wants to take it apart and find fault with I'm looking for fault. If I look for fault, I'm going to find some fault. At least in my mind. Right? But facing this compliant reader, so as a compliant reader of the word, I'm believing what I read. Even that part that I really don't get. I'm going to believe it anyway. Because I trust God. Right? And I'm going to get an understanding. I'm going to ask questions and get an understanding of this stuff so I can have spiritual understanding. All right? So that's what we need, saints. We need spiritual understanding that we might walk, verse 10, so we can walk worthy. Our walk is our conduct, our behavior, our conversation, the way we live, our citizenship. That's our walk. Right? Walk worthy of the Lord unto all please. I want to please God. He's already pleased with me because of what he's done for me, because of who I am and the relationship we have. But I want him to be pleased with my behavior. We talked about this before. You're pleased with him because he's yours. She's yours, and you're pleased, right? You have a bias towards them. <laughs> Even the teenagers. You have a bias towards them, right? But you want to be pleased with their conduct. I love my son, love my daughter, but I would appreciate it if you make up your bed and clean your room. You know, stuff like that. You know. You know, I, I got nothing but love for you. But you need to do those dishes. You need to get your homework done. You need to get up on time. You need to go to school, go to work, whatever you got to do. Right? And when they do that, and when they do what you want them to do, parent, you're pleased with them. You're already pleased with them because they're yours. But when they do what you want them to do, you're really pleased with them. Uh-huh. And hopefully you let them know. Hopefully you let him know. He said, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And you smile at him and give him a kiss. You know, stuff like that. Amen? Amen, Doc? Amen. That's right. Right? You want to be pleased, you want them to walk worthy. I need to walk worthy. I need to walk worthy of the life that he's given me, worthy of the salvation that he's called me in, worthy of the gift that he gave me. Amen? I need to walk worthy. We need to walk worthy of these things. You, you receive a gift. You receive the gift of salvation. You receive the gift of righteousness. Right? He, he called you his son, his daughter. He, he adopted you. He took you in, gave you his name. You need to act like you belong to him. Amen? I know situations where people have been adopted and been loved and been disciplined and taken care of and they choose not to identify with that adopted parent. I said, wow. Okay. You and I have been adopted. We've been loved. We've been disciplined. We've been shown grace and stuff like that. We need to choose to identify with our adopted father. We need to identify with him. We don't get grown and say, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm choosing not to be your son. No, don't do that. Continue the sonship. Well, you're going to be a son anyway, but I'm going to be an obedient son. 
Amen. I'm going to walk worthy of your, of your name. You gave me your name, I'm going to walk worthy of that name. Amen? Amen. Amen. And it says, and, 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 you know, unto all pleasing, being fruitful, fruitfulness, uh, remember, is your conduct that points back to Jesus. In every good work, your work, not, you're not working to be saved, you're working because you're saved. Amen. All right? Amen. Jesus said, I must work the work of him that sent me while it's day. I got to do the work he sent, he sent me to do. You got to do the work, I have to do the work that he sent us to do too. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Here you go again. Increasing in the knowledge of God. Not that special spooky knowledge, you know, that special enlightenment. No, just knowing God. Amen. Knowing who he is and who he is to you and, and who you are to him. Amen. Amen? Okay? And then it goes on, strengthening all might and glory and things like that. And we're going to pause here and pick it up another time. Amen. Amen? But what are we saying? Paul is getting these folks. He's setting them up. He is setting them up for the correction. He said, you're this, you have faith, you have some works, you have some stuff going on, you belong to him, you're in, a, you're in relationship with God, you heard the truth, you know the gospel, and our prayer is that you get all this stuff. We're praying that you get all that you need from him. And then he's going to go on and spend a lot of time telling them that all they need is all in Jesus. So I'm going to spoil it for you now. Well, not for all of you, because you read it at home. Amen. Amen? You read it at home? Who read it at home? There you go. Got a couple of few hands. Thank you, Jesus. There's some obedient, there's some obedient saints in the house. So I'm going to spoil it for the rest of y'all. He's telling them, he's praying for all these things, and he's going to tell them all the things you need is in Jesus. You don't need the signs. You don't need to pray to, uh, you don't need another mediator, right? You don't need to be circumcised. You don't have to have special days and special holidays. You don't have to have special food and things like that. Everything you need is in Jesus. Live in Jesus, right? All the other stuff is not going to make you better because you are who you are in Jesus Christ. You are complete in him. Hear what we're saying? I am complete in Jesus. That thing that we repeat, I have you repeat it after me every once in a while. I am complete in him. You are complete in him. Right? Fully pleasing, totally forgiven, complete in him. Amen? You don't need all the extra stuff, all the add-ons. You don't need no add-ons. You need Jesus. He provides everything that pertains to life and godliness. Amen? And the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily in him. That's the issue here. That some folks don't think he's God. Another issue, some folks didn't think he was human. But he's fully human and fully divine. Amen? Come on, let's stand together.